Hi, everyone. This is Nori, and you're listening to the Tell Your Story segment of the SoCon podcast. On today's episode, I am super excited to share my husband, Jeffrey Williams Jr., with you and our journey to Christ-like communication in our relationship. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. So before we get started, I'll go ahead and introduce myself. So as you know, my name is Nori, um, but I am 29 years old. I've been a disciple for about a little over eight years now, and um, I've been married to my awesome husband for exactly five years now. So I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself. What's going on? It's uh, Jeff. I was about to say it's me, uh, but you can't see me. Uh, And I've been a disciple for eight years, just same as her, because we got baptized same day, same water, same Savior. Um, And yeah, it's been awesome being married to her for the past five years. And it's it's, it's been a lot of work uh, because like we're going to talk about today, communication. Uh, Communication is really interesting because it's it's part of all of our lives. And for me, communication was very interesting because at a young age, I actually had a speech impediment. So people didn't necessarily know what I was saying a lot of the times. And I love to talk. And I got a lot of people just smiling, nodding their head. And I'm just like, wow, they're kind of weird because they're not laughing at the right points. They're not responding. But I just always was talking. And um, from there, I just, you know, I kept going and, you know, kept talking. And, and we learned that I had also auditory processing, which that basically, you know, if I'm going to, you know, sum it down, it, it, it means that if I hear a sentence with 10 words, I'm going to retain like seven of it. And the other three, it's like it never happened. But as a result, I actually learned to rely on nonverbal communication and a lot of other strategies to get to understand people and learn uh, how to communicate really well in just a variety of ways because, you know, the main version wasn't, you know, going that great for me. And I learned that quickly. Uh, So communication, like I said, really interesting for me. (laughs) Yeah. And um, obviously that caused problems in our relationship because for me, communication, I read a lot of body language. um, And that also stems back to childhood and just the type of environment that I grew up in. There wasn't, I think in black homes in general, there isn't a lot of verbal, like direct communication, (laughs) unless it's kind of hostile sometimes. But (laughs) for the most part, I think it's a lot of, you know why you need to be doing this and you know why you need to be doing that. And so it was, I had to learn how to basically read my surroundings to have a clearer understanding of what people wanted me to do or what I was supposed to do or even maybe how my mom felt or my siblings felt like it was just always difficult. Nobody was super direct with their communication. And I'm a very direct person um, when it comes to how you communicate with me (laughs) and how I communicate. It's very hard for me to say anything other than what I actually mean. Um, which also affected our relationship. Um, And so, yeah, so we've had to kind of learn to overcome those different communication challenges, those different styles of communication. And yeah. And and culturally, you hit on a good point, because culturally, you learn to communicate in a certain way. And I think there's a lot of uh, (laughs) communication we both understand, because we are both, you know, of the same culture, we're both uh, Black American. And Mm so... We understand. And, and we also came from two different versions, though, too. Yes. So that so that also plays differently into it. Um, so there'll be certain things that, like, I'm kind of, like, picking up on non-verbally. Because I think non-verbal is, like, you know, across the board of black communication. So, like, I could go into a room, another black person, and we're we, we not saying nothing. We know <laughs> what we're saying. Like, we're saying all the same thing with our eyebrows or kind of like, mm, wow, is this the right story? And, and, you know, we're saying the same, and we understand, and it's really interesting. So, like, sometimes with that, we can run into issue if we aren't verbally communicating, but we think we're saying the same thing, but we're actually not. (laughs) Rarely ever are. So yeah, so (laughs) to kind of give you guys an idea of how this affected our relationship. So Jeffrey and I met back in 2010. Um, So at that time I was 18, he was 19, both very young, both just trying to figure out how to be adults. And yeah, so (laughs) I came in with my own personal baggage 
of depression, anxiety, and just not really knowing how to communicate because I was raised in an environment where, you know, verbal communication Honestly, so when it comes to the black community, I feel like oftentimes if you are speaking up or saying something, it can come off as you being disrespectful Mm. Um, or as you being like, you know, trying to challenge the adult in the room when really you're just trying to communicate your side of it, but it just gets lost in that cultural understanding. And so I didn't really have a whole lot of practice with communicating my emotions or my thoughts verbally. And so when it came to us having issues, I would mostly just shut down and cry and leave Jeffrey to try to figure out what was happening. And he'd just sit there and ask me question after question, kind of like when you go to the doctor and they're trying to figure out what's wrong with you. So they ask you this and then they ask you that. And they're just asking you all these questions to kind of cancel out other things or, you know, validate what they think might be wrong with you. That was pretty much how the first three years <laughs> of our dating relationship went. And during this time, neither of us were disciples. Um, we Neither of us really had a strong relationship with God. I think we both believed in God, but we didn't really, at least I did, I believed in God, but we didn't really have um, like a strong, like I didn't, wouldn't necessarily say I was a disciple or even a Christian for that matter. Yeah, for, for me during that time, yeah, I, I can't say I believed in God during that time. Uh, I, I didn't believe in much. <laughs> I just believed in the present day in life. I was just like, mm. I was, I was a really negative person. Uh, and, and it's funny because if you knew me back then, you wouldn't think that unless you really knew me, you know, uh, because on the outside, I was like similar to what I am now, bubbly, laugh, making jokes, everything of that nature. But as soon as I'm leaving people, I was extremely disrespectful. And like, I, Uh, I was really jaded by a lot of life and a lot of situations in my life and people and things of that nature. I think in black and white. And so it it was hard for me to have like empathy towards like certain people and things of that nature. So during that time, the way we communicate, like she said, like I would like try to like, to me, it felt like restoring her and helping her and encouraging her, empowering her. But it never got to the place where like I felt like I was like oh yeah like I'm building her up but like it didn't necessarily build her up and so I was getting really tired (laughs) and just kind of like all right I don't understand and so I reverted to not reverted but like it just showed and amplified my way of communication where I was shut down I kind of like just leave I would just be like all right well I can't deal with that and I would just leave (laughs) and not be present um or I'm always given like, just like disrespectful little digs. If I felt disrespected, then I'm like, all right, in that moment, I'm going to disrespect you back and be done with it. Cause I'm like, I don't have time to like, feel like annoyed or like, I, I very rarely like hated people or wasn't cool with people or this or that, because I, in my opinion, I gave them what they deserved in the moment. So I wasn't thinking about you an hour later, 30 minutes later, because I'm like, oh, who? Yeah, whatever. What they said, I don't care. Because I already responded and it, I was over it, you know, which isn't healthy for a relationship, right. you know, that you're trying to build. Especially me being the super sensitive type. I think that um, words are very big for me. And so you can't say something to cut me down. 20 minutes ago and then 20 minutes later expect me to just be like okay everything's better now like you know I think I dwell on things a lot longer which is where the depression came into play and so yeah like and that was the first (laughs) about almost three years of our relationship and it turned into me kind of shutting down and I think I kind of collapsed under the weight of all the emotions that I hadn't recognized before Um, I was in a serious depression where I would just sleep all day he would go to class come back because at this point we were living together and I'd wake up and be like okay what are we gonna eat and like if he didn't want to eat then I'm like okay well then I'm gonna go back to sleep and that's pretty much how I lived my life for I want to say the almost full third year um, of our relationship um, until he started studying the bible yeah and and during that time I spent a lot of time as much as I could stay away from my room I stayed away <laughs> because communication, of course, like I said, I was at my wit's end. And so I d- 
didn't have any more energy to dig into like communication. And so I didn't communicate how I was feeling and how I was feeling negative towards her and like just frustrated and annoyed and, you know, all these things. And so I just was like, I'm going to just leave and just like not be present and avoid. She, yeah. Avoid. And I'm like, <laughs> she'll, she'll get the hint. <laughs> and she, she, I don't know if she didn't get the hint or she just didn't care. Like, eh. <laughs> well, I think it's because I felt like you were you, I didn't feel like you were avoiding me because, like I said, I was unconscious 90% of the time. I was always sleeping. So for me, it was like, it's weird because I'm more of a conflict attacker, but because I didn't have the tools to attack the conflict, I just collapsed under the weight of it and felt like it was too much and retreated to, well, I'm just going to go to sleep because if I sleep, it doesn't exist because I knew the problems were there, but I didn't know how to fix them. Yeah. And you were kind of like my fixer. But eventually you couldn't fix it anymore. And so you did what you resort to, which is conflict avoidance. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So then um, Jeffrey started studying the Bible and I didn't think it was going to last. <laughs> and I'll give a reason for that. So behind that whole thing, when I had first met Jeffrey, he was inviting me to Bible talks and to different things or whatever. And we had both kind of started studying the Bible, I think, at one point. Or I did start studying the Bible at one point. And then you know, kind of decided like, oh, I'm not ready for this. And so I was kind of like, oh, okay, we're just going through this phase again. Like he's going to study the Bible and then he'll decide like, oh, never mind, I don't want to do this. And then we'll just kind of carry on as life is. Um, but that's not what happened. Yeah, so my freshman year, uh, my RA actually reached out to me and my boys. And from there, yeah, it started me on like this like interesting like journey of like kind of like, oh, like they asked me to say the Bible, but I'm going to get myself right in my own life before because I'm not ready yet to like I'm not I'm not good enough to like start following God. And that was like my perception. I, f I felt like I had to get to a certain point. And like I said, another time I could dig into all that. But um, yeah, and then eventually that was hard for church. But then uh zoom forward like i said 20 what 2012 2012 is when i started studying and eventually made the decision got in the water um and from there it was interesting because i i Narisha talked about like the tools and not having tools and from there it's like in a very short period of time i like got access to all these tools of communication and like learning how to follow god and it was amazing it was great but it was like a fool being given all access to all these like new like uh high tech like high powered hardware or something like i didn't know how to use it like i didn't understand like the weight and the gravity but i slowly learned um even in like in the the small group of friends that we had it was it was like four of us that was like a core group that we hung out all the time and this scripture came about to me uh, it's actually it's matthew 12 33 to 37 but i'm going to just focus on the part 36 but i tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken and that scripture like really amplified to me because i realized like in my communication me and my boy, like, we had, like, just coarse humor. Like, we just, like, we always knew it was jokes, but we, like, loved, like, joking and making fun of, you know, different things and people and stuff. And and we knew, like, as disciples, like, oh, we're supposed to refine. At this point, my, my best friend, like, he had also, like, studied, too, and got baptized. And then with Narisha, same thing in the group, like, we, like, always joked and, like, you know, but the jokes were not above par. <laughs> and I realized, like, in that time, I was like, wow, like, okay, what I'm saying is, like, significant, and I'm just trying to, like, justify, like, well, it's not that big of a deal, and da 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 and, like, and even with, like, other things, I just realized the weight of my words within, like, our relationship, and, like, how, like, much influence, like, I felt like I had here and there, which I was frustrated with at times, because I'm just like, why? Like, why should my words mean anything? Why should my words be important? Like, I feel like we're all adults. We're grown. Like, we should be able to make our own decisions. But that's not, you know, what God had uh, aligned. <laughs> for yeah. And for me at that point, so um, just kind of going back a little bit. So, yeah. So Jeffrey started studying. And I, like I said, I didn't think it was going to stick. So I was just like, whatever. 
And then I think it was about like three months in, I was like, okay, like he's serious about this. Like this is something that he's actually going to do. And knowing the very little that I did about scripture, I knew that if we were going to continue to be in a relationship with together, that we both needed to have the goal to glorify God with it. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to give this a shot. And if it's something that is great, then great. If not, then I guess, I don't know, we'll break up and I'll figure it out from there. Um, and so what I learned, um, after, you know, becoming a disciple, getting baptized, all of that was how important communication was. Cause as I said before, um, I didn't really know how to communicate. And it's interesting because something that one sister had pointed out to me, cause I used to say I didn't have a self-awareness, like I don't understand myself or I don't know why I do the things I do. And she kind of pointed out that I actually was pretty self-aware. I just didn't know how to communicate that how to communicate what I was feeling or communicate what I was thinking. And that's kind of where I started thinking about like, huh, like how do I say like, oh, what you said hurt my feelings because, and I realized it was more of a vulnerable, a vulnerability issue. Um, and just learning how to say like, okay, yeah, that hurt my feelings was extremely hard for me because I didn't want to give anyone what I perceived as that power over me which is funny when you think about it, because if I already feel some type of way, I guess they already have that power or quote unquote power. Um, But yeah, so it was interesting in how we were developing these new methods of learning to communicate. And I think um, towards the, so we were disciples for about six months at this point. um, And Jeffrey and I realized that our relationship and just us as individuals, we were not doing what we said we were going to do by getting baptized. We were still falling into the same sin, whether that be sexual immorality or purity or, you know, even lying, um, overindulgence, just different things, little small things that kind of added up to larger things. And we kind of, it's funny, we had a communication, a conversation about it. And we were like, look, like, are we going to be disciples or are we not? Like, we're not going to play this one foot in, one foot out kind of game. Like, We need to make a decision. Are we going to choose to follow God or are we not going to choose to follow God? And is that something that we can do together? And um, I think we both kind of decided like, yeah, that's that's not working. We're not able to do this together. Um, We need to figure out what it means to even follow God separately before we could even try to follow God together. Yeah. And from there, uh, within our relationship, It was very interesting because we broke up and after breaking up, I would say for me, the next six months (laughs) was almost a waste of time because even though we broke up in my thoughts and my like actions, even uh, to a degree, like I wasn't communicating that we were broken up. I was communicating that like oh, we're just, like, not talking, but we're still together. Like, but that's not the case. It's like we had chosen to break up. And that, you know, for the next six months, like I said, waste of time. Like, I didn't really grow. I didn't do what I was setting out to do, which was to grow closer to God because I wasn't letting her go. I wasn't surrendering. I was like, oh, but she's still my girl. Like, and we're just going to come back together and da-da-da and whatever my thoughts were. But, I mean, it took me my graduation, me graduating and me saying, you know, unwise words. But, honestly, the overflow of, you know, uh, the, the heart. overflow of the heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I said to her, like, on my graduation day, like, oh, like, you're my girl for today, though. And, like, wanted her to take pictures with me because I'm like, this is a milestone. Like, I'm graduating. Like, I want to look back and be able to be like, yeah, like, she was there because, like, I want her in my future. And she did the right thing. She snitched. She snitched on me. <laughs> and she, and you know, at my next D group, you know, brother was like, so, you know, did you say anything? And da, da, da. I'm like, nah. And he's like, so, like, what? Like, what happened? Like, he, he tried his best. My man tried so hard to get me to, <laughs> to speak on my own. And I was like, nah, I ain't saying nothing wrong. Uh. And then he said, did you say this to Narisha? I said, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I said that. <laughs> he said, that's not okay. And, you know, he <laughs> he rebukes me on it. Uh, and from there, I was like, I felt a lot of emotion. I was like, dang, really? Like, she snitched on me? Like, she's like, I thought we was tight. I thought we was cool. But, like, it really it communicated very well to me where we were at, which was broken up. Like, that's not okay. That was inappropriate. And it, it really, it sobered my mind to being like, wow, like, 
she's really taking this serious. And I was just like, why am I not taking it as serious? Like, huh. You know, and that really, that, that really humbled me. <laughs> yeah. And I think even me, like, snitching on you, as you said, <laughs> um, even that. So that was probably like three months into us being broken up because the first three months for me were a waste. I basically, <laughs> like for the first month, I think I still tried to keep communication with you and still texted back and forth with you. Like, oh, I know we're broken up, but how are you today? And stuff like that until we really decided like, okay, no, we really just need to cut all communication altogether. And that's, I think, was a turning point for me. There was some other stuff that happened that I just realized, like, okay, if I'm going to follow God, like, I need to be all in. I need to surrender, Jeffrey. I need to really think about, like, what that's going to look like. Um, and so, yeah, so that's pretty much how that went until Jeffrey asked me on a date uh, about a year later. And so, yeah. And, and why that's the way it went, meaning, like, at that point, um, which was December of 2013, like, there was, and even before that, a little bit, but there is no communication, honestly. Like, which is funny because we were a small church. Like, we've grown since then, but we we're we we're pretty small, so it was it was interesting to avoid each other. And we're both part of campus ministry, which was even tinier. So that was funny, but but we we did it. We you know made sure to like not like actively seek each other out. We didn't run from each other, but we like essentially like just didn't communicate because at that time it just wasn't necessary for us to there was nothing to build on we need to build on ourselves and on god um to just grow into whoever we need to be for the next chapter which you know brings us to like she said um i don't remember exactly i think it was like july yeah it was like june or july of 2014 well you started the process of wanting yeah. to ask me on the date and from the story that you told me in june and, yeah, you know, I had yeah. to give some buffer room. I knew it was gonna be, you know, I knew it was gonna be some uh, <laughs> some time. But but I yeah I, I asked essentially. I started communicating with the right people. Um, as far as her discipling partners, the people who she was tied into, it wasn't like they were confused or hey, what's going on? Let me check in with her. Like they they were tied into her life, which was great. And I touched base with my people as well, and I let them know my intention. Like hey, at this point. I'm, I believe I've grown strong enough to follow God and, you know, uh, just do what I need to do spiritually. And I'm interested to see where Narisha's at and what's going on with her. Not saying like, oh, I want to date her immediately. I want to see who she's transformed into as well as her, see who I've transformed into and see what can go from there. Yeah. And so... Um, I don't know if you want to kind of elaborate on that communication process and how that was different from our dating relationship and how, like, I guess the advice aspect of it and that whole part of it. Okay. I mean, you know, I'm an old man, so it's been a while, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> back in the day. Nah. So, yeah, when I was, that that was a lot of communication. It took a lot of patience. I had to conversate. Uh, I don't want to say I had to, but it was wise it was wise and necessary for me to talk to her people and just conversate what's going on with me and then also talk to you know my discipler and just go and ask hey how's she doing spiritually what's going on uh is it a good time for me to you know ask her on a date is it a good time for me to start talking to her you know more at this point or this and that and they gave me wisdom they shared when you know with me like uh maybe let's give it you know two more let's check to see let's see what's going on here and you know and as it went they you know gave me the advice when okay i think yeah it would probably be wise for you to da, 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 or yeah i think it's okay for you to start and they you know gave me the clear um to uh ask her on a date and when i said giving me the clear it was because they knew what was going on with her and her spiritual walk and what she could handle as well as what she was clearly communicating to them. I think sometimes like when you're on the other side or if you're like possibly single and never went through it, sometimes you hear these words and you're just like, oh my gosh, you need permission for this stuff. And it's just like, <laughs> nah, that's not really what's going on in these D groups. Like they were asking narration directly like, so how do you feel? Do you feel like you're ready to date right now? She's like, no, I'm not. And then they go back and say, maybe you should wait. And if I wanted to just like, no, I think she's right. They don't know best. It's like, okay, that's 
dumb of me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but they yeah. don't realize, like, direct questions. That, you know, we're not playing these, like, pity pack games. Like, we're being direct. Yeah. Like, what's going on with you? You're the one saying, like, nah, I'm not. <laughs> so, so I'm glad that I, you know, was given advice and had the wisdom to know to listen, <laughs> you know, to them and, you know, be patient. Yeah. And eventually I was, you know, I asked her. Uh, on our date, and the first date was actually to one of our friends, uh, like, not prom, but birthday prom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that another time. But, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much how that went. Like, he learned how to ask advice, which was something that didn't happen in our relationship before. I think we both would just be like, yeah, sounds good to me, sounds good to me, all right, sounds like we got a good plan, let's do it. And it was kind of like foolishly relying on our own decisions and our own, like, thought processes without having any wisdom behind it, without even knowing what the heck we were doing. Um, and so, yeah, and like, as we, you know, courted, as, you know, some people would say, um, <laughs> we learned um, that our communication styles were just very different. <laughs> um, like I said, I'm very direct. And so like, you know, I mean, it's good in some ways and it was bad in other ways. So kind of fast forwarding, you know, we courted for about six months and then we started dating. And while dating, I could be kind of abrupt and just like frustrated in my responses. Like, hey, can you not do that? Because I don't like it and it makes me feel like this. And he would feel kind of like, oh, OK, that was pretty sharp and intense. And like, OK, what I said maybe it was true. Hey, can you not do that? Because it makes me feel like this, but there's a way to say it that doesn't make the other person feel attacked. Or every time you do this, it makes me feel like this and kind of putting the blame on him or I hate it when you do that because, or you always. And I think those are definitely trigger statements that I've learned to stay away from. Um, or at least I try to stay away from. Um, and I think that that was something that in our dating relationship, even we had a discipling couple that oversaw our relationship who knew what our struggles were, who knew like what I could and couldn't handle and knew what Jeffrey was dealing with and would advise me like, hey, maybe you guys shouldn't do this or hey, maybe you guys shouldn't do that. And I can't think of any a, a, like direct examples at this moment, but it was basically guidance. Nobody ever said you can't or don't ever you know, it wasn't like they were in control of our lives or forced us to do something that we didn't want to do. But they it, it took me one trusting in God to know that to trust that they were coming from a place of love and from a place of wanting to see the best for our relationship. And then also trusting that even if they were wrong, like God is ultimately in control and this isn't going to make a break a relationship if this is what he wants. Um, and so, yeah, so I've just learned to, even though being direct is healthy, I think I've learned to coat that in a way that says, hey, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that this wasn't your intention. But when this happened, it made me feel like this. And that sounds like a lot of words. I know <laughs> I have a lot of friends. I mean, even when I first was taught these things, like I felt like, okay, like, why do I have to say all of that if this is what I'm trying to say? He should know that I'm not angry. He should know that it isn't my intent to hurt his feelings. I'm just trying to communicate what I feel. I don't understand the problem. But if I'm going to love someone as I would want to be loved or to even love someone as myself, you know, I don't want anybody to just come at me any old kind of way just because that's how they feel or just because that's what they think. Because, I mean, words hurt if we're being real. Like, even if it is the truth and it is honest, there's a gentleness that is still required, especially, I think, in a dating or marriage relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think if we truly look like we look at like a lot of examples of people who aren't necessarily trying to like spiritually like be focused in their relationship, most times the quickest way to resolve, quote unquote, is like honestly it's through some disrespect some act of disrespect like you know they the woman either chastising the guy just like oh my gosh it's like my son over here and it's just like yo don't call me your son uh, i know i'd be disrespected by that or like for, on the other end like the guy you know saying something patronizing to the woman um you know yes dear whatever you say dear <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. oh you're always wifey, right dear happy wife happy life yeah, whatever you know fa phrase you want to say where you just like completely like throw like falsely the power to the other person and i'm like nah that's not the mirror i'm gonna have that's yeah. not the life i'm gonna have 
um, because it just doesn't work. Neither of us are okay with that. Like, she wouldn't be okay if I was, like, throwing it on her and, like, being disrespectful or patronizing. And then I definitely ain't going to take it my way as well. So it's like that. We knew that wasn't going to work for us. Right. <laughs> and I think what it comes down to is I feel like, so for me, my personal conviction when it comes to, okay, so now we're married, right? So my personal conviction is that this should be my safe space. This should be the person that I'm able to talk about literally anything with and not feel like I'm crazy or like he's going to judge me or, and not necessarily that he's this perfect human all of a sudden that never has a negative thought about me. Although I'm sure that's true. Of course. Um, Um, Not that I expect him to be this, you know, completely perfect person, but I feel as though that we've established a way of communicating in our marriage and in our relationship that has said like, okay, this is how I feel this. I just need to have this safe space to share that. And that honestly, that's come through even learning how to say key phrases. Like if I was going to share something with him, but I just wanted to vent, I'd say, Hey, I'm not looking for you to solve this problem. I just need to share it with you. And I just need you to kind of hear me. And even that, you know, sharing that was kind of hard for him because I think I think women just vent more than men do. Men speak to resolve. If it's not a resolve, then yeah. why are we talking about it? Whereas <laughs> <laughs> with women, I feel like we speak to get things out and to process our emotion. And that's how we determine, oh, okay, this is how I'm going to deal with this. And so for Jeffrey, it was very hard for him, I think, in the beginning to just kind of listen to me kind of talk. And obviously, if I was in sin, he would correct me and say, hey, like, let's not go there. Or, you know, maybe you shouldn't say that about that or, you know, things like that. But for the most part, I think where <laughs> he's learned how to just let me talk and then just ask inquiring questions, not necessarily to solve it, but to get me to think about my own process and my own thoughts. Um, and yeah, so I think that's Basically, what I'm saying is I feel like that's I've learned how to communicate in my marriage in a way that says what I need before I even start my statement. Um, If he does something, for example, we had a thing today where something happened and I kind of challenged him on it in a respectful way. And but unbeknownst to me, it made him feel a certain kind of way of emotionally because the motivation behind it was righteous. But it just didn't I didn't know his obviously inner thoughts (laughs) and so I kind of responded like hey I didn't like the way that this happened and he took it I think as me kind of attacking what he did in general and so then afterwards you know the way it kind of ended and I've learned how to diffuse a conversation so for example this thing happened I corrected him on it in a way that I felt was gentle he kind of responded in a way that seemed like he was um trying to, I guess, defend himself. And so then I tried to explain why I thought what he did was wrong in another way, but I think he still felt attacked. And so then he kind of responded in a way was like invalidating my emotions, kind of like, oh yeah, well, when you do that, I feel like it's silly too. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then I didn't really respond. I don't think I responded in the best way, but I was like, okay, well, thanks for invalidating my emotions in order to validate your own. And then he kind of was like, you're welcome. And I was like, that's when I realized I needed to diffuse the conversation. And so I was like, all right, well, let's not get like disrespectful or something like that. And like, we both kind of, what did I say? You you didn't say anything. Oh, I didn't? Nah, nah. You after, yeah, after that, like you, like, because, so, you know, that exchange happened, right? I said, you're welcome disrespectfully because at that point I felt disrespected. And so I responded, you know, disrespectfully, which isn't okay. And then you, like, acknowledge, like, oh, okay, so that's where we're at. And, like, you just, you know, stopped. You just didn't talk. And, like, I was like, all right, well, I don't know. I was like, I don't know how big this is. And, again, like, in the world, like, the way I handle things is, like, oh, you disrespect me, I disrespect you, and I guess we're even then or whatever, like, you know. But um, so I was kind of, like, ready to be like, well, I guess I'm over it, whatever. Um, and then, but you know, your demeanor was kind of like, nah, that wasn't cool, (laughs) you know? And so, you know, I took the time on the (laughs) ride home to get, uh, humble myself to get to the place to like, you know, um, apologize. 
I think what you just said is important too, because I think that's something that I've learned in communication is that not everything needs a response. And I think that's a key thing that I use in our marriage. Like if I feel like you say something that hurts my feelings, I'll take the minute to kind of like not respond and just kind of like sit on it. And because I know that the next thing that I want to say will not be righteous. And so therefore I'm just not going to say anything at all. And it's not even like I'm not saying anything at all. And if you talk to me, I'm ignoring you. Like, I'll respond to you, but clearly, obviously, I'm upset, but I'm not immediately acting on that emotion. And then if you ask me, like, hey, is some is everything okay? If I don't really know, I'll say, you know what? I don't know. Let me think about it and get back to you. But in that, in the meantime, I'm still acting as a loving wife. Like, I still try to be respectful towards you, and I still try to be, you know kind and loving and all the things that the scripture says that should be <laughs> patient, kind, you know, all that stuff. And while I'm processing my emotion and then I'll come back to you and say, Hey, so remember earlier when we had that conversation, this is kind of how I felt when we had that conversation. And I felt like you were saying, I don't know this or whatever, you know, whatever. And then we can have a conversation about it and I'm not as emotional. And I think that that's also something that I learned while we were dating even because we would have these explosive, not really explosive, but we just have these quick like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, because like I said, I'm a conflict attacker. And so I'm like, well, we need to resolve this right now and we need to figure it out. And then <laughs> I think we have resolve. And 30 minutes later, you're like, I am not resolved. And I'm like, but I thought we resolved this 30 minutes ago. And yeah. Or more likely my temperament has changed because yes. uh unfortunately for me i uh when we get to resolving i just i process slow i process like things like just a lot slower than narration and so a lot of the issues we ran to the beginning was like we would resolve quote unquote uh issue but then like my temperament has changed for the rest of the day or whatever because i wasn't resolved and she wanted to talk about it like faster and I was like, okay, deny myself and let's talk quick. But then like, I want to actually like be resolved and we talked through it. And then like, you know, later I realized like, oh, I was annoyed about this or I was frustrated or I was hurt or, you know, whatever. But then I feel stupid because she's all like, yay, da, 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 da. and my goal is peace. I'm like, yo, I just want peace. I want us to be chill. Like, can we like just not have issues? Like, which isn't realistic, but. It's a goal. Um, and so I just am like, all right, I'll just swallow it, which that mess don't work. It don't work. And so we, I would still, my temperament would be changed and would have an issue. And so Narisha has learned to pick up on that, you know, nonverbal communication of just, you know, my presence or how I am and she'll address it. Now, of course, I, you know, want to grow and to be able to get to a place where I could address it and be strong. And sometimes I do, but Honestly, it's not as often, but we like communication. I feel like it's, it's, you learn the other person's language, you learn who they are and you have to accept a lot of things about them. You have to, you could be annoyed that, oh, why do I, I always have to dot, dot, dot. Right. But okay, sure. You can focus on that and you could cry about it. Why not? You could complain, whatever, but that's who they are and that's what it is. And so if you accept that sooner, then you'll be able to, because most of those things, like God put this person in your life and you're like, you can easily allow Satan to be like, oh, that's so annoying. In actuality, it's an inconvenience, but you're probably actually not that annoyed. Right. You know, you're not probably triggered by it. Like the stuff that like, I'm quote, annoyed, unquote, <laughs> uh, with Narisha, it isn't stuff that's a big deal. You know, like her always throwing the recycling in the wrong place. So I'm just like, yo, you're at Aggie. How many times I got to tell you this? But, like, it actually, like, sometimes, like, you know, I'll listen to Saint and be like, oh, my gosh, why doesn't she pay attention and this and that? But then, like, other times I'm like, yo, who cares? Like, it's, I'm not, I don't really care. Like, it's just, like, build up a case. But I'm like, I don't really care. Like, it's more laughable where I'm like, yo, what a clown. You know? And there's stuff for me. Same thing. Like, it's, like, stuff that's, like, it's not even that big of a, it's, it really like taking your shoes off in front of the front yeah, door. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So look at her. She had to throw it in there. How dare she communicate that? Why? Um, <laughs> but but um, with it, like, I, I just think that we have to, again, like, realize who the other person is. And because with that argument, 
I apologized, you know, and I shared it and it wasn't like in this, you know, falsified way, but I waited until I sincerely, you know, felt like, you know, necessary to, you know, apologize. It was before we got home because I also just know that it would have been wise for us to not transition to the next thing because it just felt like it, it would carry more weight. It would be, you know, it just yeah. gives more potential for Satan to come in and, you know, spiral things and connect to this and that. And it, it just wasn't necessary. So I made sure I was like, I'm going to get right before we get home. <laughs> so that was my goal. And <laughs> I like that. I like that you, that you've kind of developed that. Cause I know that in our relationship before that was an issue we had, right. Where like something would happen, like an issue, and you'd be like, all right, give me three days and I'll get back to you. <laughs> and like when we were dating, I was like, all right, fine. Because we were dating. We didn't see each other every day. So it was like three days came and went and it was like, all right, let's talk about it. But then once we were married, it's like, bruh, I'm not waiting no three days. You're going to have to figure this out because that doesn't even make sense. Because by the time you figure out why you were upset three days ago, there's going to be something else that came up that we're upset about. And I don't have time to be doing this every three days. <laughs> and so I think that that's important is developing that timeline of like, okay, this is the issue. Let me try to figure it out before we get to this point. And whether that would have been, you know, before we go to bed tonight or before we eat dinner or before we have lunch, whatever that might've been, I think it's cool that you do that. And i proud of you for your growth in that um, and learning how to process your emotions in that way. I think for me, what I've learned is how to be patient during that time, because while we were driving in the car, my thoughts are like, okay, well, what can I say so that we can talk about this? Because we should talk about this, but I'm also still kind of frustrated because I feel like he crossed the line, but I don't really know how to say that in a way that's loving. And like, I, then I eventually just had to say, you know what, this isn't, something that I need to make the next step to resolve because not that I didn't do anything in a way of like, well, I didn't do it, but like, no, like he was the last one to like, I feel like he was the one that crossed the line. I didn't cross the line with him. And so it's him's responsibility to come back across the line and meet me so that we can move forward together. Um, that was a really interesting analogy, but anyway, <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's something that I've learned because in the past, I think I would have immediately jumped on that and been like, well, okay, you didn't have to say it like that. I felt mad disrespected by that statement. And then you would have been like, that was my intention. <laughs> and it would have just been a back and forth. And so I either burst into tears and just said like, I just feel like... <laughs> Or you just kind of shut down and said, fine, I'm sorry. And just kind of left it. Because I think that's the way we communicated in the past. That was pretty much it. I would either break down and burst into tears and be like, victim, me, and I can't believe you. And you would just kind of be like, fine, it's done. It's fixed. We'll move on now. <laughs> and so, yeah, I like that you do that now. <laughs> Thank you. And it's not testament to me it's a testament to god and the people in our lives because all yes. these like oh I, my I think, gosh uh in case it's not been communicated or it wasn't heard when we're saying like oh i learned this and i learned this da, da, da. it's yeah books have been helpful and this and that but mostly it's people either put it pointing us towards books but mostly uh marriage retreats and like the discipling time especially the discipling time like yes. those people are going in with us um and like the back and not like hey fix us and fix these problems and da, da, da. it's like nah it's like literally like going in and like having this relationship with these people and like allowing them in your lives and you being in their lives and you together they recognize stuff like some stuff would happen like when On we're just date. yeah like we're doing this or something's just casually happening they're just like yo jeff da, 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 you know yeah. and so like it it's if you like it's just amazing like you know yeah. and it's, it it takes a lot and I think that like it, it works in steps and it's a progression and like we said we give example of today like the issue we have because like we're gonna continue to have issues and hopefully you just learn throughout the years and the days and the months how to combat them yes. you know like how to like... issues are always gonna be there and I think that. Um, I think that oftentimes, like, I've had friends say, like, oh, well, you and Jeffrey, you're perfect. You don't have problems. I'm or... glad they know. <laughs> you're such a dork. Or they'll be like, I can't wait to get to where you guys are. And I constantly tell them, like, 
This is not just like, oh yeah, we've made it to this landmark or this um, what's the word I'm looking for? Checkpoint. Milestone, yeah, milestone oh. or checkpoint, and now we don't have these issues anymore, and things are just like no, like. This has been literal blood, sweat, and tears. Okay, maybe not literal on the blood part, but just <laughs> <in> the <sweat. laughs> there hey, were no physical fights going on. She's out here swinging <laughs> on the boy. No caps. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dork. But definitely the sweat and tears. Lots of tears on my part. I don't know about you, but <laughs> there were nights I was journaling to God like, why am I here? Why is this my life? And just crying my eyes out. And yeah, it's just really learning to like, I think part of it too, is that we had kind of made a decision when we got married, like there is no ending this. So we're either going to figure it out or be miserable for the rest of our lives. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't out here thinking like, like, so I was like, oh, divorce is an option. I'm like, duh. Like you saying that, like, I'm like, that's stupid. Why would you even think that that is? (laughs) Yo, when I heard later, like, oh yeah, some people get divorced. That's it. I thought that wasn't allowed. Like, I was confused. Like, I'm glad I ain't, I like, but, like, to me, I'm like, nah, like, that's not it. Like, there's no, yeah. oh, we, we here. Yeah, and so, like, I mean, unless, you know, there's something crazy going on in the marriage, like, well, even then, I'm talking about for other people, like, infidelity <laughs> or something like that. Like, I could totally understand why somebody would take that step, but for us, we had kind of decided, you know, like, we're in this, this is it, so... Figure it out because you're stuck with me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I wanted to kind of do some questions for us at this part. So what do you think um, helped you with our communication? Like just helping you to like be able to get to a place. Like I said, like before you were like, okay, I need like three days or a week to work through these emotional thoughts and things. And then I'll come back to you. What do you think? helped you to get to a point where you're like, okay, now I can kind of set a time point. Cause like when I tell you guys, like I had used to fight this man to set, (laughs) set a point when we would have a conversation. I'd be like, okay, how about tomorrow? He'd be like, okay, how about three days from now? I'd be like, okay, how about two days from now? He'd be like, how about two and a half? Like it was like, (laughs) Uh, for me, I mean, uh, scriptures, I, I use scriptures to try to like rebuke the, cause I mean, the only thing that like, stops me like or not the only but things that stop me from like trying to resolve an issue is like one admitting that there is an issue um because i'm trying to like get peace um humility um and fear so like i just scriptures have like just I go to them to rebuke me, like a scripture calling me a fool for not like, you know, wanting to resolve a matter quickly. Like, that's like, I'm not a fool. What you mean? Like, I'm going to resolve this real quick. Like, <laughs> oh, um, and stuff like that. Like, I just like, you know, play into my own, uh, uh, whatever. And, and that like really helped me to like adjust that timeline and be like, yeah. all right, come on, like, let's, let's do this. Let's go. Yeah. And I think it's similar for me, like me being able to give you that space also came from scripture it's like okay learning like for me honestly it's funny because i feel like this is a cliche scripture but honestly i think our marriage took a turning point where i sat down and um first corinthians 13 verses 4 through 8 love is patient love is kind love is not easily angered you know those things like i really sat down and i thought about jeffrey and i said because i love you i will be patient because i love you i will be kind even when i feel like you're not because I love you, I will not be easily offended because I know it is not your intention to hurt me. And like, that's really, I think, what helped me to like be patient, but also to learn how to express my emotions and feel like it was a safe space to do the, do so. Although I always felt like I could express my emotions to you. Um, I always felt like I could talk to you without feeling like you were going to tell me I was stupid. <laughs> but I think like, reading that scripture and really equating it to my relationship and putting it into practice and like even just reflecting on it that's what helped me to be like okay like this is my marriage and he says he loves me so I need to also and I need to also love him and this is what God says love is and so this is what I need to do Um, and that just became my conviction on how I was going to choose to love you and I think that's what helps me to not react emotionally towards you because I am very much an emotional reactor. You? <laughs> Naturally. No. <laughs> sound like you. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess that's all we got. Yeah, so that's kind of like what our journey to trying to have Christ-like communication in our marriage has looked like. And I think that uh, we've done a pretty decent job. 
Yeah, and and it's interesting because in my thoughts, the way like you know it listens, I was gonna say reads, but the way it listens is it, it could sound kind of like oh like an incomplete journey. The reason is because it is like yeah. <laughs> the way hopefully what we communicate is that communication doesn't stop. We never get to a point where it's like ah, yes. I reached it. We're good yeah. now. It's like, nah, you know, like communication is ongoing. We're going to always be trying to learn and we're going to also fail. Like if Narisha is extremely exhausted, struggling mm-hmm. um, with her mental health, I'm struggling with my mental health, like those different states, I'm going to revert. I'm going to, you know, be, you know, more disrespectful. She's going to be more emotional, whatever the case may be. Um, but communication is always there and we have to always be working at it, even when the other person isn't at their best. And I love the point where she said, like, just about perception and like trying to, because like you, you can't fully, even though we really emotionally feel like we understand why the person said what they said, it's like, you, you don't actually know unless you ask them. But in actuality, you know what you say and your intention behind it if it came with a dagger or venom, you know, with your word. So just be wise and be still and patient yeah. in your communication. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think um, when you said that, it made me think of like, I always try to think the best of you. It's funny because I feel like learning to communicate with you has taught me how to communicate with other people. And so like learning to think the best of people, no matter what they're saying. So someone could say something to me either directly to my face. It takes me longer to process it when it's directly to my face, but in a text message or something like that, right? If someone says something that I feel like came off kind of aggressive, I'm like, you know what? Maybe this isn't about me. Maybe I'm reading this wrong. Maybe this isn't what this this person was intending to say or do. So I'm going to respond as if they're just responding normally. And sometimes that works out great. And the person's just like, yeah, that's just how I talk. And we move on. Other times, the person will respond again in a way that I'm like, bruh. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, let's talk in person. I'm not going to have this conversation with your text <laughs> message anymore. Or if it's in person, I might have to, like, walk away or leave the, let the conversation happen and then think about it and then come back just because my brain, in the moment, I want to respond in the old way and just be like, well, that was rude or something like that. But I know that that's not righteous. And so yeah, I mean, I'm kind of getting into another topic. But yeah, I just kind of wanted to, I guess, throw that on the end there. <laughs> so yeah, guys, so that has been our journey um, to Christ like communication. And like Jeffrey said, it's not perfected in any way. I'm sure we'll run into even more issues if we decide to have kids. So oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, I really hope that this story of a journey was encouraging to you that you got something out of it and that you enjoyed just listening to us talk thank you jeffrey for being willing to do this episode with me and uh i hope you guys have a great rest of your day night or whatever time you're listening Swag. Thank you so much for tuning in to the second episode of the Tell Your Story segment of the SoCon podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please click the link in the description box to follow us on social media so that you can stay up to date on what's happening with the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ. Have a good one, and don't forget to tune in next week for the third episode of the Tell Your Story segment of the SoCon podcast.